This is not the first episode I thought I would release. For those of you watching the video, you can see that the background is not up, the sign is not up, the lights are not up, the microphone is not up, and I'm recording this intro on my phone. But if there's one thing that I've learned, it's that sometimes you just need to get started. And I'm willing to allow this to be messy because I know it's going to grow and shift and change. And where it starts is not where it'll end. And that really is a good segue into today's episode. So this began with a, um, a conversation I had scheduled with somebody who was new to me, Winston. And I just simply wanted to dig deeper into what would be a good name for this show or to better understand the audience or the reason that I'm doing this show and what it became was a deep dive into my own psychology, my own hurts, uh, but also a lot of joy as well. And what I experienced was a deeper connection and integration with that young part of me, that kid inside of me. And when I experienced that, and um, I got to tell you, it's not necessarily a pretty process. <laughs> um, when I experienced that, I knew that this was something to share uh, because not only would people learn from my experience uh, and the things that I've been through, um, but I'm inviting some sometimes uncomfortable conversations in this show. Going forward, as often as I can, it will be live, and I want to have people able to dial in so we can really connect with each other and I can do my best to help you wherever you are. Um, and if I wasn't willing to go there myself, um, publicly, in this place, then how could I ask anybody else to? So in that way, it's actually a perfect, truly perfect episode and a beautiful start to this whole process. Um, what I will say is that this is a bit like jumping into the deep end in the very beginning. So um, this may be for you, this may not be for you. Uh, you'll get a taste of things to come, though I think you'll find there's also more variety in the things that come. So if you like this, you're definitely gonna like where this, uh, this show goes because it's really about exploring ourselves and understanding ourselves and accepting ourselves and, and laughing and having some fun along the way. Um, for me, those are forms of liberation. Those are forms of being able to be freer and freer, to be myself and to help other people be themselves. Uh, and so, without further ado, I will transition to Getting Plowed, Episode 1. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here for this. Big love, and I'll catch you at the end. One more quick note as you get started. Um, 
I had no intention of sharing the call uh, that you're about to, to listen to. And as a result, uh, the audio quality and the video quality are not great. It was a Zoom call. I was using headphones, wasn't using a microphone. Um, so I ask you to please bear with that. Going forward, I'll do everything I can to make it sound better and even look better so that it's an even hopefully more fun and pleasurable process for you. Um, but for this one, it is what it is, and I've done the best I can with it. Thanks again. I am fun, fit, and fabulous. <laughs> I like how fit has a dual meaning. Over in the UK, fit is like, you're fine. Is so, it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that. Learn something new right now there. Now you do. Exactly. <laughs> and you are fun, fit, and fabulous. Well, thanks for connecting. Um, this is a... a since I reached out to you to connect, I, I, the, the standard three questions would seem very strange. Like, how did how did you know about me? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I honestly, and you know this, but I, I, I believe it's always good for us to hear reflected back. Uh, one, I can't remember which, if it was in the the Dreamer Festival, or whatever else. There was a time when you and I were connected uh, on a call, doing a little breakout room, and I just appreciated your openness in your honesty. And then, of course, um, your reputation within the the archangel community is, yeah. is beautiful. Like it yeah. is. And it's because you give it. And I, I get it, man. Like I yeah. um, I can say that I've done much of the same and uh, and that's it's well deserved. And I mean that for you as well as for me, because it's yeah. not always easy to take that in. And what I do remember you sharing in that breakout that we had was your experience of uh, narcissism and like the path that you've taken through that and from that. Um, and I thought that was, was beautiful, like to be able to, to share that with people and to have that open conversation. Well, thanks for that. Uh, my chuckle actually was in disbelief that someone would use those words. And so uh, I'll, I'll catch myself on that versus taking it in. I did connect with that lady and we ended up talking for two and a half hours about uh well she she was just <laughs> totally amazed and just asking all these questions and i was just, just blasting out um I, I should follow up with her find out what what happened but yeah, she got a whole bunch of information that um that perspective that she didn't expect yeah yeah so um, and I'll ask the third question. Um, what prompted you to book the call? Two things. Um, one is, uh, I'm not fantastic about receiving. So when the gift was offered, uh, I thought it would be a beautiful way to, to move forward. Uh, three things. So the receiving, um, Everybody has shared just how impactful these calls have been. And so I trust that this is also like useful for both of us and allows us to get to know each other and have a deeper relationship. And the third thing is just, it's purely gut, man. Like even today, um, I feel like I'm behind on a lot of things. And I had a thought earlier today, it's like, ah, oh, maybe I should push this off to next week. And then I really sat with it go, no, like no matter what's going, I, I have this intuitive hit that this is a good time to have this call. And so let's do it. Um, do you have any 
and answer this as authentically and vulnerably as possible. Do you have any mm-hmm. intention, desire, want, outcome, need that that you have in mind by the end of this conversation? Yeah. Um, yes. However, I'm also going to share this. I think it's useful for both of us. Um, whenever I walk into a conversation or I walk into an experience or I walk into psychedelics or I walk into an adventure, I set very sharp and clear intentions. And then as it begins, um, I do everything in my power to let go of them because where it goes is where it's intended to go. So uh, my sharp and clear intentions were twofold. Um, a, we get to know each other. And I think this is a useful, like I like doing things with people. So it's a beautiful chance to do that. Mm-hmm. And then two, um, I believe I'll walk away knowing um, more about how to connect with the people that I want to connect with, with both this show and with the, the larger project. Um, that may manifest in the form of uh, a deeper commitment to name. It might be understanding the the avatars. It may be just some epiphany that I haven't even imagined yet. Neither have you, and will just come about. And whatever that is, will be awesome. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And with that, let's uh, kind of put move that over. There was something when you were sharing. I felt. I felt the cloudiness. That's the best way you just describe it. It was lack of clarity, the cloudiness. Uh, And I definitely perceived that you were stuck in your, stuck in your head, trying to figure something out. And I go, okay. And I go, okay, if he's there, he's not, you know, okay. So I, I have seven voices in here. Um, They all speak. We call, I call them the board. That's the name that uh, I've given them now. And um, during the call, they go, they said, he's not going to find it that way. <laughs> mm. And which prompted me to go reach out and have a conversation and to see, see what, how we can be of assistance to... guide you to some clarity, I guess. That's the best way we're, we're looking at it because it's it's just, it's like you're, it felt like you were going, ah, like I go, this is what I see, but I'm limited by well, vocabulary as to describe what that is. And yeah. from the work I've done, it's like, okay, that just doesn't work because vocabulary is so limited to describe something that beautiful and impactful that there's there there needs other elements to be woven into it and uh that's what we that, that that's the work i do with people beautiful um this conversation can get as as straightforward or as weird as as we want it to get so likewise i have identified particular aspects of me and, and possibly aspects beyond me that i uh, I haven't called the board, but I've thought of them as, as my, um, uh, like a guidance counsel, right? If you will, I get to, to make the decisions, but I try to take in input all around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's how I work cohesively as 
a unit in this world. And one of those is very strongly the mind, no doubt. And um, there, what I'm working to do, and maybe this is even a sharper point for this call, is um, there's uh, what feels like an intuitive soul pull uh, that, that's coming with, with a larger mission here. And there's a deep compassion for the people who have been impacted and the people I know will be impacted. And then um, there's the mind going, oh, I finally have a problem that's really worth sinking our teeth into. Let, let's go after it. And they're all coming at a very similar angle from different places and they haven't um, come into resonance fully yet. Right. And so I think that's some of the nebulousness, that's some of the uh, the lack of clarity that you correctly identified. And the only way I know how to fully do that is by starting, by doing. So I know that this show and this project, um, it's going to start tonight. Right. And it's going to be uh, half a shit show and it's going to be half amazing. And uh, that will allow me to continue moving forward and to iterate. And if there's one thing I learned in my lifetime as either a computer engineer, software developer, or in theater arts is put something out and then continue to iterate it and continue to iterate it and um, allow the rehearsals to be messy, allow, you know, the, the early betas, MVPs, whatever words you want to use to be messy and then iterate quickly and learn and allow what would have not been imagined to come into place. So um, that's going to happen uh, however, then the ego part of me goes, ah, I don't want to look too stupid. Right. Um, and, uh, and yet I know that that open vulnerability with it is also a key part of, of truly being able to connect with people because I, I have talked and have helped so many people who are so scared to even start something. And I've, I've been there, like I have, I've been there to be terrified of starting something new. So um, I think that there's a, a power in showing that as well. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, I, I wanted to, I missed the point where I, I'm, I want to invite you to share as um, authentically as possible and not to self-edit in real time. Um, yeah. I'm, the questions I ask are not from uh, a place of judgment. They're all from a place of curiosity and not, with any intent to uh, make you feel feel bad or feel pain, but to guide you to spaces. Um, if you have to describe something, I invite you to not try to use a perfect label. Use whatever words that you can grasp at that moment to describe it. So if it goes, it feels like I'm jumping into a tub of jello. Yeah. It's to, to create the space and I go, okay, I, 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 I get what that means. Versus saying, it feels warm. Uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and then this call, as you have already implied, uh, it can go as deep as you want. I have no problem going, I can go as deep as you need to go, and it's all controlled by you. Okay. So, tell me a bit about Project Liberation and this show. Yeah. Um, the best way I can describe 
Project Liberation is uh, I spent the past decade disassembling myself through uh, a bunch of means. Some of them were psychedelic. Some of them were adventures across the world. Some of them were traditional therapies. Some of them were non-traditional therapies. And uh, it was to understand why I felt so hurt and broken and why I often didn't want to live and why um, after I had done all the things that I thought was right to do in this world, um, how could I, I feel this way and how could I feel so alone? And um, throughout that process, I have learned um, more things than I'm able to actually verbalize or, or list. And, and where this began to come into like its own, um, last year I had one of my, my deepest friends who came out to uh, South Dakota and he was at a point with PTSD and trauma that um, he thought he was going to lose his daughter and his wife and uh, he was at the edge of not wanting to live and potentially taking his life. And it's a place that I understand and I've, I've been plenty of times over over the last few decades. And I just can't describe it other than I felt a tap on the heart and I, I knew that I could help him and I knew that I was the, the one to help him. And, um, and so he came out and it ended up being, there was no plan. It was just all, look, I know a bunch of things and I'm, I'm going to help you. And over the course of 11 days, um, it was so easy and intuitive to know how to help him and what tools and, and in what order and um, where to push a little harder, when to pull back. Um, and, uh, there was, and we'd already been incredible friends, but there was a deep, deep, intimate soul connection. It was the most intimate experience I've ever had with a person to that point in my life at all, regardless of, of sex and all the other stuff, regardless of even love and, and girlfriends and such. And, um, and it was powerful and, and it was also exhausting. And so, I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is is the way to do this. And so I've done that several times since, and it's turned into an 11-day protocol, and it literally shifts and changes somebody's life. Um, and each time I do it, I'm left with the feeling that I'm remembering old knowledge, but it's not the path for me right now, or at least the more specifically, what I keep getting like left with is that, uh, the path for me is to be one of a teacher as opposed to one of the facilitator, the healer, um, whatever else it might be. And yet I see so many people who I can feel, um, what they're going through. I can feel their, their hurt, their pain. I can feel their confusion. I can feel how, they feel victimized in how they're looking at others as, as the enemy. And the thing that's remained consistent, both in terms of my own joy and bliss and the consistent impact on others has been um, these deep and open conversations, much like you're inviting me to um, like, this is, is very familiar territory. 
and to feel not judged by somebody and to feel safe and to feel open and to be able to share the things and know that they're not going to flinch and to be able to have those conversations, but also to be able to have some playfulness with them as well and not just get locked into uh, the muck and the mud. Like, you know, there are two paths. You can go through the light or you can go through the dark or you can find a middle path between. So there's more than two paths. Um, like those are the things that are, are left with me. And so I began sitting down and going, okay, well, if I was going to put my life energy into something, what would it be? And the term liberation just came up over and over and over again. Okay, well, what is that? Is that like, I, I, I have a sense of that word. I know what that word means. I know how it expresses. I've seen it. I've felt it. I've, I've experienced it. I've helped people. I've noticed the moment that it fucking happens. And yet it's not like spiritual liberation. It's, it's not all the way to oneness, but there's this point in somebody's life that they just literally begin to crack open and have curiosity and begin to wonder what if, like, what if my life isn't what it has been? What if it's not the story that I've told myself? What if like, like, and that, like, that's the moment of liberation. Like everything else gets to be done, gets, needs to be done, etc. And so, you know, then I look back, like, where do I find joy and where am I constantly being reinforced and where do my meditations take me to? And why do I have these skills in life? You know, why have I understood both technology and like, like theater and communication and everything else? Why am I pulling this? Why am I on both the left and the right, but neither? Like, why do I, in most cases, feel like I can feel and not judge multiple sides in something. And what it came down to was this ability to share um, openly uh, the experiences that I've gone through and do so in a way that's actually engaging and to bring people in who wouldn't otherwise consider these paths or tools and to, to live and be the example that, that gives them an opportunity to. And then um, using the other knowledge that I have of being an entrepreneur in technology, like being able to invest in companies that also make this available at a scale and, and at a mass to, to truly help people in this world. Um, but the thing I come back to over and over again is that I've been given – a voice, a voice that resonates with people, a voice that um, can help people feel safe and calm or laugh uh, or understood. Um, and I'm given a presence that, that allows that as well. And the best way I know how to express that is either in person um, or via a... Um, a larger space that I can invite other people into. And the larger space is something I haven't seen done well in a while. Like I can look at some people that have um, like maybe like Oprah, there's some other people that, that have, and they've created a platform that helps other people be seen and see themselves and others and, and, and connect, etc. But I haven't seen it in, like our, our, the current generation of media, most of it is divisive and tribal and pulling people apart instead of pulling people together. 
And so, um, for me, then the question uh, that was posed by a friend and, and I really sat with was if I could do one thing, um, and put my life energy into it, even if, even if it was going to fail, like, what would it be? And I love the investing in the mentoring. I love helping people. I love all these things, but the one thing would be the show. The one thing would be a way to allow other people in to witness the moment of somebody having that epiphany and cracking open and then to begin to believe that was possible for them because that belief makes it actually possible for them. And then to be able to see that even though somebody else had a different outside, that inside they were so much the same. There's unity that, that can come from that. Um, and I believe I can allow it to be safe. Um, and engaging and enlightening in a public space that's half public, half not. Um, and, and that's, that's where this is going. Thanks for sharing that with me. Why is this important to you? There's uh, a few reasons. Um, feeling a couple of them right now. Uh, there's one that's a little bit of a sense of obligation, um, which is I, I believe that if I didn't do this and I left this world, I would regret it. Um, but that's less. The bigger one is... Um, I, I know what it's like to, to feel left behind or what it's like to be so angry you burn or what it's like to feel so alone. And, and I know I can help that. I know I can help that. And every time I see somebody like that, like I see in an aspect in an older version of me, and I can't, I can't, I can't just let people like stay there. If it's their choice, it's their choice. I truly believe in sovereignty and agency and free will. And so there's no forcing. But for most people, it doesn't even feel like they even know that. It's not that they don't know. It's like when I was in my darkest place, I didn't believe anymore. That, that there could be a place outside of that. And I know, like I've, I've seen it, I've felt it, I've lived it, I know that it exists. Um, and I want others to be able to have that same opportunity. I feel that. I'm going to invite you to take a breath and drop out of your head and into your body. And I'm going to ask this question an answer from this, this space instead, or as much as possible. Why is this important to you?
it's part of my own growth, like the the next part of this in my own understanding and, and clarity is to experience and help other people uh, with it. Um, I feel uh, a heaviness, but also like an excitedness in my belly. Like, I, yeah, it's, it's like a stagnant energy that is becoming excited again, becoming vibrant again. Um, that is afraid, but wants to engage. And And it feels good, like really good to have a purpose and meaning and direction again. Um, and one that um, one that's integrating me instead of compartmentalizing and splitting me. Thanks for sharing this. Now, envision this, please. Someone that you have spoken to. They come up originally and said, is this it? This can't be it. And whatever you channeled, whatever you said, when you snap out of that space and you look at them, you see, you see it click. You can see that spark ignite in the other person's eyes. And they could just say, thank you. How do you feel? <laughs> I'm crying right now, just imagining it. Like, it's <sighs> the only way I can describe it is it's like, it's like how I'd imagine I'd feel when I'd see my son or daughter for the first time. Like, it's beautiful and joyful and, and yet, like, it, it's beyond those things. I don't, yeah, I don't have words for it. Why is this space important to you? I keep going up to my head and, and the answer I get there is, is I don't know. I feel drawn to it. I feel drawn to it, man, and I don't know what else I would do. Go back to that person who just thanked you. You see them crack a smile. They give you a hug and you could feel 
this glow starting to emanate from pure gratitude. Do you give yourself permission to embrace it? I haven't. I haven't. I've, I've kept it at a distance. Um, and what came to me, uh, as I was, you were bringing me back there was like, I chose this, like, this is, this is what I came for. Like, this is, this is what I came for. And, um, And there's a strong lesson in being able to accept and receive that as well. Like I think that, I don't think, I know that's an evolving lesson for me, like one that's, that's coming in that I haven't really embraced or really fully allowed in yet. Why have you chosen? not to allow yourself to feel this because it feels like it's too much or that taking allowing it in and taking credit is um, selfish or arrogant arrogant Um, and and then the feeling of, am I worthy? Like, am I, am I, am I worthy of that? And the word that comes to mind is praise, but it's not praise. People aren't praising. They're, they're just loving and thanking and caring. And I'm taking it as praise. And I don't want it as praise, but that's my own perception. That's a, a, a missed filter, a misconstrued, a translation. Um, they just mean it as love and, and appreciation. Where is this resistance born from? It came from a few places, and I'm seeing a new one now that I didn't expect. Um, that it that it has some roots in my relationship with my mother. I knew that it did with my father and my stepfather, and I think. Those were so present that it blinded me to seeing how challenging my my relationship with my mother was because I always wanted to think the best of her. And not having her attention when I really wanted it. I cared about that way more than I cared about my father and my stepfather. Did you ever feel dismissed 
Oh, yeah. Is there a difference between being invisible and being dismissed? Oh, yeah, dismissed is, is way worse. Um, for somebody not to see you, it doesn't really hit the heart, doesn't reflect anything, but for somebody to see you and not to care. Yeah, like that. That hits the heart. Who are you seeking acknowledgement from? <laughs> uh, I thought for so long. It was father figures because that's who I was seeking it from actively. That's what my action showed. And that's shifted. I'm not, I'm not seeking it from men anymore. Um, and I'm seeking it from women. And so ultimately it's, it's seeking it from my mom. So you are willing to give, and you're not willing to receive. I wouldn't say willing to receive, you're not willing to accept what is being given back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want it in a particular way instead of accepting it as it's, as it's given. What's the story behind the gift that you've written? Uh, I'm not sure that I... Something in there isn't clicking. Can you there's a story, ask again? There's a story behind... There's a story that is resonating in you that whatever this gift is you're wrapping the story around it saying i don't deserve this i'm not worthy of this mm. but the other person's holding you mm. it could be a block of wood and uh or a cupcake whatever it is you you look at it but you don't see a cupcake or a block of wood you see, <laughs> you see something different yeah I feel two stories coming up. Um, one is that the thing that I really want is withheld. So there's a not trusting or valuing that which is offered. And then the, the second story coming up is, um, Oh, that's fascinating is uh, that it will be on my terms, and that's how I will maintain control. On your terms. Mm -hmm. Share more of that. Yeah. Um, that 
if it's if I maintain a a leverage or in some type of angle of power, it's the mind. You can feel the mind engaging. That if I um, keep it unlevel, um, then I'll have more control. And then by having more control, I'm I get both safer, but also um, there's an anger and a vindictiveness that's there as well. Like that, it's almost like a resent. Uh, there's a there's a tale of resent in there. Why are you choosing to run? I don't feel like I'm running so much as freezing. That, um, I don't want to fight it. And I don't feel like I can run away from it. So instead, I just freeze and don't allow it to affect me. Okay. When's the last time you allowed yourself to feel appreciated? I did today, I did yesterday, but it's, um, it's like snippets. It's like the door is open like so far and I don't withhold it, but I'm rationing it or, um, I'm just, it's like I'm, I'm aware of the full spectrum of the appreciation or the gratitude. And yet what I allow myself to feel of it is this small subset um, because then uh, my hopes don't get up too high and I'm not um, I'm not like dashed upon the rocks and, and also, um, that I know this is a way of driving a part of me that if I like ration this out, um, that I'm continuing to step forward and, and 
get the next one, get the next one, get the next one, instead of feeling full and content and um, this this doesn't make mind sense. It's, it's somewhere here, but um, uh, that that irrationality of, of thinking that if I felt that, then I wouldn't be driven to do the things that I'm here to do. Why is there a fear that you're not going to get anymore? Because that's what it felt like when I was a kid. Let's go back to that moment. Persons, thanked you, embracing you. You could feel the genuineness that they're sending out. You, you look up, and there's five more people lined up. <laughs> the question I ask you now is, do you truly believe that you are serving them if you do not accept their gift? No, like I, I, I know better. I do know better. It's it's for for lack of, of better terms, like I can sense it, I can think it, I can feel it. It's like it's like there's a part of my nervous system or the unconscious that's just like flipped the wrong switch. And, and I know it's, I know it's possible. And I know it's, no, it's safe. Um, but it's like a, there's a part of me that has, that identifies it as dangerous. And I can, I'm aware of when that kicks in. I'm not always in the driver's seat, but I'm aware of, of when that kicks in. Uh, and it kicks in less, but it hasn't righted itself yet. You know it's safe, but it, you can't feel that it's safe. Yeah, exactly. Where did the pain come from?
I don't have memories, but I've got feelings and I have connections that my conscious mind is beginning to make. And what I feel is that when I was really proud or excited or hurt, huh? Yeah, it's an interesting story. Um, I didn't believe that anybody, um, especially my mom, would be there for me. Like I just, even though I constantly get data that and reinforcement and and feelings that it's not true, there is this deep sense that when the time comes that that the person I want to be there won't be there. And so rather than allowing myself to experience that heartbreak again, um, I hedge it and, and make it so that it's It's not, um, it's less likely impossible, but that also means that I keep people at a distance. Thank you for sharing that. And I invite you to visualize this with me. Mm. When you felt uh, what you just shared. How old are you? Approximately. I don't know the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a memory from when I was about four to four or five, six years old, like right around then. And this pattern was already solid then. Um, so it's it's before then. Okay, so let's say let's say you're seven or eight years old, well ingrained now. This, this pattern is well ingrained. So, okay. <laughs> okay. So well, so so now you're in this space. You're eight years old. What would it be like if you had a champion? Someone who would cheer you on, win or lose, good or bad. <laughs> you could be running the one mile run when you're eight years old, 
you're coming in dead last and that person's standing at the finish line cheering you on and not going to leave until you cross that finish line gives you a high five and says, you did it. <laughs> what would it be like to have someone cheer you on when you got that A on that report card? What would it be like to have someone say, Chris, dude, that's awesome. Didn't matter that you didn't succeed. You tried. That's more than anybody else here did. Let's go celebrate and go get a ice cream cone. <laughs> what, would, what would it feel like to have someone like that back you up every day? I simultaneously feel excited and relieved and um, a bit scared. The scare is that that they're going to go away. Like, I, and I know you said like they'll always be there, but like I feel that that fear, that scare as well. And um, <laughs> um, what you're describing in many ways is, is actually like, I, again, knowing versus feeling, I'm beginning to feel a bit more, but like that is how my life is now. Even today, like I had some incredible friends, like just, they know what, what today is. And they know like they want to, to kick this, this show off and everything else. And, like they rallied, they rallied behind me. And I remember a previous part of my life, the last time I started something big, um, it didn't feel like anybody believed in me. And it felt like I had to prove the world wrong. And, and that was a powerful fuel. Um, and, and now it feels like, like more people believe in me than ever. Matter of fact, I don't know anybody who doesn't believe in me, who's close to me. And, and yet it's been so hard to, to feel that and to, to accept that. Who's the one person you're waiting for to believe in you? Me. <laughs> I've said that so many times over the past month when it became like really present in my consciousness. Like it's, I can put it on other people like, yeah, I would want my father to believe in me, but ultimately my father did believe in me and, and my other father figures, my mentors believed in me and my grandmother believes in me like nobody's business and my friends believe in me and my mom, even though like I still have some pain around that relationship, I know she believed in me and it's just, it's me. It's almost like I, Fuck, man, for so long, I I believed in myself and nobody else would. Uh, and it was, I wasn't going to allow anybody to keep me down. And in this new incarnation, whatever this is, I, um, I'm only beginning to, to feel that level of belief. Where did that 
excitement when you visualize the champion? Where did that come from? Those positive feelings. It was, it was like, I fucking done it. Like I've, I've been through the crucible and I don't have to experience all of the, the pain, just the incredible pain and loneliness that I felt for so long. And it was like, that wasn't like, it was like fully stepping into the light, like, like embracing the light instead of just tiptoeing myself into it, instead of just being on the outskirts of it. When's the last time you felt childlike wonder? <laughs> um some about a little over a week ago and Uh, No, even some last week, so about a week, maybe a little bit less than a week ago. It's it's a feeling that's coming back into my life. If everything for when I began like disassembling myself, it got so serious for a long time, and it's just beginning to get light and joyful and playful again. What does that feel like? Fucking awesome. (laughs) It feels, uh, to be even more clear, it feels natural. Like, uh, I know that a, I have no doubts about this. Like, uh, a core part of me is playful and joyful and a little irreverent and um, at one of the parts of me that like I love the most. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being without and yet. I definitely have gone without it for, uh, for a while. Do you have nieces or nephews? I do. I have both younger, older, all younger. Um, I think the oldest right now is 14, but most of them are, are single digits. Do you have a favorite? It's There's no judgment here. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's not that. Um, it's different. Like... Uh, so I have one niece and the, the day that she went from being suspicious of me to trusting me, like just melted my heart. 
And then with my nephews, like I, I literally see myself in each of them. And so I feel like, I feel like I know my nephews better, even when we don't talk, I understand them without words. I can feel them. And my niece is a bit of an enigma. It's like, like, it's like, there's something different there that I'm like just curious about because it's like she operates differently than I do. And let's go with Denise. What's her name? <laughs> Maggie. Maggie. Okay, I'm going to have you create this space with me. So it's a beautiful summer day, and you're going to go visit Maggie's parents. It's a surprise visit. And you come walk up to the house. There's a nice green lawn. You, come, you walk around back, and you see Maggie sitting at the edge of her sandbox, and she's visibly dejected, like not crying, but she's sitting there kind of like kicking the ground and holding on to her, her little stuffed bunny rabbit. Yeah. How would you approach her and what would you say in order for her to connect and talk to you and not look over and say, hey, Uncle Steve, I'm, I'm okay. Just go away. How would you approach her? What would you say? So she said, oh, well, thanks for asking. And she starts telling you a story. Mm. Well, like first, I, I wouldn't say anything. I would, I would just walk over to her and I'd sit with her. And I just sit there and give her a chance to feel safe and to soften. And I know her well enough. I know, like, given her that time and that space, she'd end up leaning into me. And then I put my arm around her. I'd probably brush her hair and I'd I just tell her that I don't even really feel like saying anything I just know that I could be there and that she would soften and feel what she needed to feel And that she would begin to open up. I could say something if I wanted to, but I don't have to. How old is she? I'm going to get this wrong. I think she's about four or five right now. Yeah. Okay. So what would five-year-old Steve do to connect with her? <laughs> uh, five-year-old Chris would, um, Chris, would not Steve. Sorry, yeah. 
worry about it. Like, like, let's be honest. Names are not that important. They're just names. Um, I would, <laughs> I would sit there and I would also tease her or tickle her. Um, and not in a, a mean way, like in a really playful and light way. Um, because, okay, that's what I would do. <laughs> and B, I know that, um, I know that would help to like lift her out of that just enough. Um, and then, then we could go from there. Awesome. So, see them, see them sitting side by side, and having a conversation. Hmm. You see her mood change. Next thing you know, they're chasing each other around the, the backyard. Now let's rewind a little bit. And you come around the house like you did before, you go in the backyard, and now you see little Steve sitting there, you as big Steve. You look at him, and he looks at you and says, Sit down. So you walk over and you sit down. What would you say to him? I would, I would tell him I wasn't going to leave, that I'm here, I'm here when he needs me, and I will be here when he needs me, and that I don't need him to do anything, I don't need him to be any certain way. I don't, I don't need him to prove himself to me. I don't need him to act like a particular way. Like I just, I love him for him. I love him for the soul that I see within him. I, and like, there isn't anything, there isn't anything that could ever take that away. But I would want him to feel that and to I just trust that like it isn't it's not a worthiness thing like you're not like worthy of my care and love like you just you get you have my care and love so he looks at you 
smiles. He says, I have something to tell you. I believe in you. <laughs> of course you would. He's fucking awesome. <laughs> I always have. And I never left. I've always been here waiting. I knew you'd come back. Yeah. I remember that. that feeling when I described the champion? Oh, trying to. It's like it's escaped my mind. Well, let me give you a new space. We're at the Coliseum. You got your sword, you got your shield, gates about to open. You don't know what's on the other side. You could hear the crowd, you could hear all the noise. Mm. And you have no idea what the hell is going to happen when that gate opens. <laughs> the gate opens, you step outside, you're blinded by the sun, and you hear the crowd jeer and go. Who the fuck do you think you are? You're going to die. You're going to suck. You're going to get crushed. Mm. What do you think you're about to do? It's going to prove them wrong. And over your shoulder, your right shoulder, you hear a voice that says, screaming, you're a motherfucking rock star. You got this because no one does what you do better than you. And you look over and it's little Steve. Little Chris. <laughs> Don't worry, we've evolved past names. <laughs> He's your champion. Mm. Mm. He's always been your champion. Yeah, I can feel that that and the end is that I'm also his. I know I've... Like, you can feel yourself in, in both roles, and I can feel the times when I was so hurt and so afraid that, like, the child was in the driver's seat. And I know that I was there for it. And what you're helping me feel is that, like, he's also been there for me 
Yeah. He's also been then for me, even when I'm in the driver's seat and I just, I just wasn't aware. What's the most common thing for a child to do to perfect, to protect something Deem, the child deems valuable to protect it. I'd imagine to hide it. What happens as we grow old? We forgot where we hid something. Yeah. Because we, we get distracted. I guess distracted is a part of it, but it's like sometimes time is so long that it's easy to forget something that seems like it happened that long ago. But like in the mind, like, it's all happening at once. Like that time doesn't exist. Yeah. So you said to him at one point when you were in pain, you go, stay here, buddy. You'll be safe. I got, I, I gotta go. I'll, I'll be back. And you're quite right. Time, time doesn't exist there. He's waiting. He said hi to him now. So let's go back to the Colosseum and then the sun gets out of your eyes and then you get a big holy shit moment. <laughs> and you look over your shoulder and you're like, what the fuck? And he goes, it's going to suck, but I'm here. <laughs> and you do what you do. And... When the dust settles, he runs over and gives you a high five. Mm. How does it feel to not stand alone? Um, full or fuller, like that's the, the words that come to mind. I mean, it feels incredible. It, um, it's like, it's like when you're, you're watching a movie and you know it's got a happy ending, but you get really scared at the times, like regardless. But whenever you get to that happy ending, like, you just, you don't want to stand there alone. Like, you want to be with 
everybody that you love and you care about and like to share that instead of witnessing that beautiful sunrise alone that that moment gets to be shared um, yeah it's beautiful I understand imagine watching a sunset and you look over your right shoulder and little Chris is sitting there watching it with you and you crack a smile and you tell him a joke and he laughs so hard that there's tears coming out of his eyes <laughs> yeah and he just can't stop laughing and it's to the point that his ribs hurt he's just dying <laughs> yeah and then you both look back at the sunset So when are you going to give yourself permission to do this? Right now. I don't. I've lived long enough to know that I don't have to wait. I will admit to you, everything that you said, I have lived myself. This show that you want to start, I started three years ago. Everything, all your fears, everything, down to the word I've experienced already. So when you shared with me, my guy goes, he has no idea who he's talking to. Mm -hmm. I could feel that the way you opened this experience is... Uh, it's very familiar because it's very much how I open things as well. I could, I think it began with that first conversation that we had and you being open about what you'd experienced and what you'd, you'd gone through. Um, and then how even the way that you help people like this call that we're on and offering it up, like I do a similar thing called I am listening. And I allow people to book time and, and we go through a process like this and it's, it's free because I know that there are people who can't afford otherwise. And so, um, I am not surprised in the least. And to be brutally honest with you and me, um, for some of this, I needed somebody who was very much like me for both the understanding and to really be able to guide something like this through. Oh, you're welcome. I don't think I could have had a perfect mirror like that. There's a quote that comes, it's been coming up for me re recently, uh, and it just came to mind. It may be from somebody else. I have no idea. But it explains to me at least part of what we experience. 
now. And it was that ye, we see God in other people because we're not yet willing to see God in ourselves, And that eventually, as we go through this process, as we clear, as we come to peace, as we integrate all of these things, like then we feel it and, and experience it within ourselves more and more. Um, and of, of course, we still see it in others. But I'm at the point where sometimes I feel that connection that deep connection to God, spirit, universe, whatever it is. And sometimes I feel disconnected from it because of a hurt or because of a a trauma or a worry or a fear. And, and it really helps to be able to, to see that reflected by somebody else. If someone hasn't already told you, um, I asked this, uh, this question probably a decade ago now to my coach. I'm like, this has got to, like, why does it suck so much? Like, I, I, well, I purposely chose to work on the dark side. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would eventually end. It just, kept, it just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper until it got, I guess, to the end. Yeah. And I asked, why, did it, why do I need to know this? And she said, the amount of pain that you understand You can now have the you have now the ability to convert it into something that can heal somebody. Yeah. And who can't you connect to now? Because we all understand pain. However, people at a much deeper level of pain, when you say, "I understand." They know immediately, they go, you're full of shit. Yeah. But if you're at this end, short of dying, and I came close to dying, <laughs> she goes, who can't you connect with? <laughs> and I didn't understand 10 years ago. I didn't understand at all until now. But to give you guidance as to where the path that you're cho- choosing. What I didn't want to share at the beginning was what you have now. Just connection with yourself or that peace that was waiting. And from here, you know, now you, so it's you and little Chris, now you're meeting, now it's a matter of integrating and when you integrate then you can go up and that's very much what i experienced i did the show i i did the show and then i got feedback and then it's like okay i didn't want to do the show anymore and the show came back 
then I did the show, but it wasn't from here. It was from here. Yeah. The whole show was from here. I just literally, I was giving the show away. Yeah. And people thought I was like, that's a really, really fucked up business model. I'm like, <laughs> it's not, I said, it's not about, like I was losing money every show. Yeah. But I also understood the impact I go, that I had on every speaker that you just, that you spoke, that you shared, every speaker that graced my stage. That moment that you're describing, I got to see it hundreds of times. The audience got to experience it. Here's people that public speaking is one of the most terrifying things on the planet. Here are people going up to the mic, sharing a story to impact another human and talking at a level that it's mind bending. So all this is happening. And at the beginning, I couldn't accept what I created. Mm-hmm. And one lady said to me, Winston, thank you. I can't think of a way I could possibly repay you for this. And then my business partner, well, my friend said, you heard what she said. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he goes, yeah. no, I get that you heard what she said, but did you understand what she said? I'm like, yeah. Well, she's a top 1% real estate agent. She's had, she's, she's loaded. Like, she's like all this stuff. She's up there. She's up there in the stratosphere. She can't think of a way to possibly repay you. Like, think about that. Bounced off my forehead and landed on the ground. So I get it. So if there's any way I can support you and your project moving forward, let me know because uh, I'm on hold right now due to COVID. If you go to Voice Story or look up Voice Story on YouTube, voicestory.ca, yeah, all of the past three years with the speakers on all sorts of topics so mm. spoken. And, and the, what we say, it's about embracing the power of your, it's taking power of your voice and embracing the power of your story to heal another. 100%. And I think a place that you and I are probably also aligned. Um, I believe that when somebody's able to, to go through this, but these bits, just like you guided me with, come from within, um, it's deeply empowering. And what that means is people begin to realize that like this is coming from them, right? Like, you may be the voice that helped me or I may be the voice that helps somebody else, but it's not a hierarchy. It's not a guru. It's not some, you know, new set of, uh, <sighs> there's a, I think this is the problem I had with the word praise is I associate praise with higher than, and I don't want to be higher than anybody. I want to be with people. Right. And I believe there's a way to do this where people feel empowered and people feel their own 
agency and sovereignty and, and free choice. And they begin to attribute more and more of these things that they're going through, these things that they're learning and growing to themselves. And not in an egotistical way, but in that centering way, in that way that we're, we're all powerful. Um, it's just gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. It's, all yeah it. it's just gratitude. It's just gratitude. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> it's just. Um, I actually do have uh, an ask. And you and I know each other well enough, especially as similar as we are. And this is like beautiful and mind bending. Um, but I'll, I'll state this clearly. Um, you're welcome to say yes or no. Uh, I will not be uh, hurt either way. So, um, if you're willing, I can't actually imagine a better first episode than than what we've done right here. Um, because I believe in, and I, I wasn't going into this thinking this, but. I know the power of witnessing somebody do something first and creating the level of space that's possible. And I, th I think that this could have an ability to do that so that other people could step in more fully rather than feeling like, who the fuck is, is this guy and um, what is he expecting me to, to be open about? It's yours to have. Hmm. But, but, and this is important to me. This is truly important to me. Um, I wouldn't want anything to be public without your absolute, like non-affected uh, uh, permission. Free. And, and the, the other part about this, and I'm sure we'll have more and more conversations, but um, I think that, that one of the greatest gifts that we've ever been given is free will. And I think that free will without coercion and without manipulation, that free choice is one of the most powerful things in the universe. And so I, I truly mean that. Like, there's, there's no obligation for you here. This all happened for a purpose. I didn't have to reach out to you. This whole conversation could have never happened. Yeah. And I felt it. Like I knew it wasn't to be missed today. I just, <sighs> yeah, that's, that's my feeling as well. So it, I would be definitely not honoring my own gift if I, if I was like, no, you can't have this. <laughs> <laughs> but well within your right. Well within your right, but I, I do understand. To be honest, I, I said this to my team. I go, I said, it was last week. Mm -hmm. I said the same thing to all three people. And then they go, no, you didn't. <laughs> you might have said the same thing. The order was different. When you said, like, there's all the subtlety that you're just stripping down to what came out of your mouth. 
Mm-hmm. And he goes, so I, I, before I had the fear of saying, oh my God, if I let people know this, they can do the same thing. And they would go, no, they can't. If they could, they'd be doing it already. Yeah. And to put a finer point on that, um, <clears throat> I've had the fortune over the past decade of, of being with some very caring and empathic people. And I think it's, it's not just all of those nuances and the intuition that drives it. Um, there is an energy of trust uh, and safety and care and compassion and understanding, just like you said, I, I know how powerful that is because I've allowed that same thing to, to help other people. And then there's also the timing thing. Like sometimes it's literally just the, the timing of this is when somebody is open or at least ready to open. They're that, that beautiful flower that's right here and it's ready for some sunlight to be able to finally. And all of those things have to come together for these beautiful moments for, for some of us. Um, and I think it's probably part of why we're here. Um, those moments just maybe happen a little bit more often and with more frequency than others. Until you mentioned it, I actually didn't factor in space. <laughs> it's like, you're right. Um, I, this, you, you had to feel comfortable enough in order to go to where you had to go. totally left that out of the equation (laughs) 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 this equation doesn't make any sense it's like a a huge chunk that that's missing yeah oh my god that's actually quite funny now that i think about it it's space holding is definitely uh and you and I get it. I can feel it with other people. It's like, you know, the minute you feel hesitation, then it's over. Yeah. The so. the thing I realized, and this this goes to what you described about the pain, is um, most people when they share something that they're really they feel shame of or they're scared of, they're like hyper alert for any any micro expression or feeling or sensation of, of somebody pulling back or somebody like, like flinching or somebody like not really caring. Um, and when, like you said, when you've gone to the depths of the darkness and I, from having experienced you, I believe that we've been to those same depths of darkness. Um, you, you release those unconscious and um, uh, those little flinches, those little pullbacks, those little hesitations. And when somebody's able to actually share and they don't get that, it's it's like a paradigm shifter. And then all of a sudden they begin to share more and they begin to share more and they begin to share more. Um, and, they feel safe because they can also feel that you feel safe. You don't like when somebody hasn't been through there, I think sometimes there's a, an experience of, of being 
like the nervous system gets frightened of other somebody else's experience because we we emote like we we mm. you know uh, we could, the mirror neurons and everything else we can feel each other's emotions, and when they don't get that reflection back of of fear on the other side, it allows that safety to, to begin coming from from you in this case and and further and further into me or from me to further and further to to another person right, and I I think that's part of the human condition that we're just beginning to to understand. And that's the, the things that go beyond the tangibles that we, we understand with science and are typically discussed via woo-woo words um, or spiritual words. And I think there's a greater knowledge coming that begins to take the domain knowledge of science and the domain knowledge of these um, less like – they're more – what's the word for it? Um, Less empirical, less, you know, numbers indefinite driven, less, even less rational, um, bits of knowledge that are absolutely true and, and pulling them together into something that is actually fully usable by humanity. And that in a, in part to kind of go back to an earlier question that you, you answered beyond the show, um, that's part of what project liberation is. Those are the projects that, that I invest in on both the science side and uh, the non-science side so that we can hopefully bring this knowledge together in a way where it actually becomes accessible to the world instead of, um, I don't know if this is the case for you, so I can only speak for myself. I've been in a fortunate financial position and a fortunate time position where I've been able to dictate my time for a while and I've been able to have enough financial freedom to be able to try all of these things out. Um, and I believe that these are understandings. Um, these are, um, this is knowledge that is, um, the birthright of all of humanity, of, of every person. And, uh, I think religion has been the, the primary way that we've shared it in the past. And I'm, don't know. I don't know the answers to how we best share it going forward because we've become more secular. Yeah. But I believe that it is possible, and I believe that every person, in their own way, um, will learn how to benefit from these things. Well, to answer your question, um, I was in a financial position to do it, and then I used up, I used up a lot, I used up all of it, really. Um, but that was a shift between. When I was a narcissist and making all the money to realizing that the money didn't really didn't have the impact that I wanted or what made me feel um, how would I put it I didn't there was no fulfillment in making a shit ton of money and now I, I get fulfilled having a conversation like this which money can't buy yeah um there's something I forgot there was something else I was holding on to to, to share and I it just disappeared but there was a question at the beginning that I did not ask I'll ask now why the need to inject levity into mm. seriousness yeah 
I'm just making sure it's not just a mind answer. Um, number one, and, and first and foremost, it's such a part of me that um, I wouldn't really be fully me if, if we didn't have some fun along the way. Um, and then I've also, my whole life, what I've respected about comedy or comedians is an ability to um, discuss the things that would normally bring people up full defenses and to be able to have those conversations and see it and have a, through that, um, what's the, the term, through the suspension of disbelief to actually be able to um, allow it. And then, though, the criticism I have of comedy is that it can keep people, it can keep these things at a distance. Like it's, oh, I only laugh at that, but it's, uh, it doesn't, it becomes just a joke instead of a path into deeper and more serious things. Um, and, yeah. and I, I think that the ultimate is kind of for me in my expression is weaving those together. Right. And so we can have fun and we can play, but we can also do exactly what you and I just did and get down to the actual root of something the actual like core of something, the actual emotion and feeling of something and to be able to have both of those. And the thing I learned from theater is when you're working with the energy of an audience, you can't keep them in one note for too long because people a normalize and b grow emotionally tired. But as you move the notes to like different emotions, it actually increases people's capacity to, to hit those various things. And the, the last bit is, is a bit of a, a genre that I would like to, um, be a part of. It's probably already out there, but maybe I can be a part of, of mainstreaming it and, and, and that's like words that we brought together before, like entertainment and enlightenment, I don't think are at odds. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that like you can like, like if there's a genre, a new genre to be born, that's probably already exists because everything does called interlightenment, then fuck yeah. Like let's play in that realm. Yeah. Right. And, um, I remember what, it, so th- this actually weaves in nicely. It was your term flinch. Mm. And as you were describing it, what I what the vision I was provided was someone, usually the person I'm working with, uh, they're waiting for a counterpunch. Mm. They're lashing out, but then it's like those kung fu. So they're lashing out, and then I'm just far enough away that it, it, I could feel the wind graze fly by my nose and I don't flinch and then they're waiting for the counterpunch and the counterpunch doesn't come and send out another shot and another shot. And it's like this guy, I, a, I can't hit this guy. But he, he's not blinking either, which yeah. means, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop punching after a while. Oh, it's like you're stopping the cycle of, of violence or, or whatever else. Breaking the cycle. On. I'm breaking, breaking the cycle. Yes, that is as a beautiful insight. Thank you. And it's funny because I, I literally have had 
multiple conversations last week about breaking cycles. The last of one was with my grandmother about, again, going back to cycles and the patterns in life. Yes, you, yeah. you have articulated that very well. Yeah, if I don't, oh, it's just like me and my mom, it's like she says something and then I react and I say something and then three rounds later, it's like it's, it's nuclear. <laughs> you just don't respond or you respond differently. The, the dance, I, I use dance versus like the dance changes. It's like before, mm. it's just like you dance this dance your entire life. And that's the only dance you know until one side, that one partner goes, I don't want to dance like that anymore because that dance sucks. <laughs> but then the other person, I still want to dance this way. It's like, well, I don't want to dance this way. And then now there's a, you can split or you can go, well, okay, let, let's still dance, but I'm going to introduce a slightly different dance step. And then it, it guides elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And over time, the dance will shift. Yeah. But if you do it immediately, then there's pushback and resistance. Because familiarity changes. Like, I don't know. I don't want to do this. Yes. I don't want to go into this comfort zone. Okay. So I'm just going to gently guide you out of this comfort zone. And next thing you know, you don't even know that we're out. But you're like, hey, I like like this new dance floor. How how did we get here? It's like, it doesn't matter how we got here. We're we're here now. It doesn't matter how we got here. Oh, dude, that's that's beautiful. Um, I've been thinking about, like, um, like, better words to describe what we do in helping and guide has has often come to mind but um the way you're putting it uh i think of like both the wilderness guide it's like okay i know some territory but we're gonna still go on this walk together right or but also like guiding somebody to a new dance floor like um new space. it's uh, a or to a new space exactly like it's it's a it's a cooperative process. That's what I like about it. It's a cooperative process. I find myself moving way more to cooperative frameworks and collaborative frameworks instead of competitive frameworks. Yeah. Right. Or hierarchical ones. The, the wording is it's not about me. Mm. It's not about you. So I, it's not I, 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 you, 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 it's us. But then I can't say us because you don't understand that. So I can only change me. And by changing <clears> me, <throat> we, we move. And then by changing me over time, you might change, you might not change, but it doesn't matter because if I change, we have to move. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing this orbit and we have to, the, the, or, the, yeah. you have to move. It's inevitable. Yeah. Um, and then it was a part of, I would definitely invite you to just watch a few of the voice story episodes and the, and the reason the reason being, um, I I injected. I'm not gonna say comedy, but a, a bit of levity in in bridging the the first time I did it in bridging each of the speakers using my own story, and I thought, oh, what I'm doing is I'm cleansing the mental palate, the emotional palate, mm. by resetting it for the next person. Yeah. And then I got feedback. You might get different feedback, but the feedback that I yeah. got was it felt like I wasn't, I was dismissing the previous mm-hmm. speaker because it's like, oh, they're, they're telling a, a deep, a deep personal story. Then I come back up and then I'm talking about me. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and then the next person comes and I come back and talk about me. So it's, and it eventually evolved to, I still talk about me without talking about me. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a, a difference. And the stories that we have are, some shows are like heavy, like uh, on shame. <laughs> and they're, they're powerful stories. But I was able to link them together in such a way where it doesn't take away from the speaker because it's not about me. Mm-hmm. I realized the show is not about me. The show focus is about them. So how do I stay invisible yet be the thread that weaves six speakers together, but you don't know that I'm there, but if you're paying attention, you'll know that I'm the seventh story. Yeah. And that is the feedback that I love best when people go, it's like the way that you weave like the way that you posted the show and put it all together, like that was fascinating because it's just like mm. every story gets linked together. And I, and I do choose the order and I don't choose until the day of, because you know, mm-hmm. the agenda isn't downloaded. And I go, Hey, you're speaking in this order. And then I'm, mm-hmm. and I let go and I'm channeling and what, what goes in between. And then when I watch the replay, it's like, fuck, that was a good, show. <laughs> that was a good show. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just exhausted channeling, but yeah, that's where I would just give you, if I had any advice would be, yeah, be you, but also like, I don't know how many guests you're having. Like I would have uh, six to seven speakers speaking about wow. 12 minutes, uh, a show, 12 minutes each. So three before the intermission and three or four at, or four after. Yeah. And they let loose. And it's, it's raw, it's real. And now looking back, I understand the difference between when you remove me and the audience is focused on what the speaker has to stay, say and the emotional wave that's coming out and witnessing transformation in real time. Mm. Like the person standing there and they finish... Mm. There's tears coming to their eyes, but then when I go up and I say, you did it, and you see that hug and, and that another emotional pulse goes flying out, you're right. The, the audience member picks up on all of that. You can't mm-hmm. fake any of it. Mm-hmm. But, to, but to do and put any type of... Um, the word entertainment, um, when I first did it, I, I was licensed under Mo Mondays. And theirs was entertainment storytelling. So they would have people tell their story and then they have like a music mm. act. And I'm like, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, how can, how can you share a cancer story about how you survive and impact people and then have someone come and sing a song? And like, that's just, that doesn't, it, it didn't resonate with me. And yeah. I go, and I go, no, these people are trusting me to create a safe space so they can share as deeply as you did, not feel judged, criticize nothing, and then just yeah. unleash, transform, and then leave a different person. What type of space does that have to feel like? Yeah. And I, and I chose 
um, at its rawest form. Like we have light shows where, uh, you know, there's a lot of laughter and everything and other ones, there's tears coming out of everybody's, everybody's eyes. And how do I make that as authentic and genuine and transparent as possible? So that's, that's what I learned after three and a half years of doing it. This is, yeah, I, I mean, it's a master class in this and, and there's a bunch of words that were, were coming to mind that you already know, but I, I, I trust it and I trust your experience with it. And I think to, to further refine it just a little bit, um, what I learned again this goes back to my theater, is that I use the word entertain because it's the, the broad word, but I think a, a, a clear word is engaged, like, like truly engaged, like engaged regardless of, of what's going on. Like it, it, you can be riveted um, by a funny story. You can be riveted by a serious story. You can be riveted just by somebody's presence and the, the energy that, that they have with something. And, um, emotionally open emotionally open and honest right i think are uh are really really important because like those can't be faked and and i i even know from like my background in acting that those moments that you see that are like that like they're not faked like people are actually experiencing something real even if it's not exactly what's going on on stage, like all of the stuff that's coming in and out of somebody is absolutely real and genuine when you can feel it. Mm -hmm. And an audience, whether you're in person or not in an instant knows when that's not truly um, open and honest. And, and those are the things I think are, are the most connecting and, and often the most healing and integrative. And if it can be those things, beautiful. Um, and what I, I, I truly believe you have helped me and are helping me do is to um, accelerate the, the process of learning the voice of this show um, and, and how this will connect with people. And, you know, rather than learning some things over the course of the year, it may, you know, be understood and bake in within days or weeks or months. Yeah. And that is invaluable, brother. Like yeah. truly, truly invaluable. What riveting and engaged is exactly what I'm trying to express. Um, when this, it, like I, I stand on the sidelines when a speaker's speaking and I, and I'll look up at the crowd I would, I would say with certainty, I've never seen a speaker speak and have someone look at their phone. Yes. Like yes. They're, they're just like, they're, yes. they're leaning forward. They're like just full on. And I'm going, I, I did my job creating the space. If they are, if they're just like just soaking it all in. Mm. Uh, I'm like, that's it. Like that's, I couldn't, I can't ask for anything more to have a speaker break, bust their heart out and have someone go like this would be. Yeah. So would be soul crushing. Um, and something else I did, I do 
at the beginning, I, I ask people to be present. You know, I do ask them, turn off your phone. If you're going to take pictures, do so without a flash. I can't stop you from doing that. But be present to what's going on and be open-minded. And if you feel triggered, ask yourself why you're feeling triggered, but just be present to the person. Be present for yourself and what's happening in the room. And that's it. Just, just open an invitation. But if you're here, then be here and not checking this and all that other stuff. And it really helps set the space, um, especially when you go, this is a this is a dark topic. Like we had, you know, uh, vulnerability and guilt and shame. So these are dark topics. They're they, they're personal stories. They're real stories. They might touch on topics of uh, addiction, abuse, and all this other stuff. If you feel triggered and you have to stop and stop, you know, you can chill out over there. But if you get triggered, ask yourself why and just put it aside and continue and then ask yourself later say what did that why did that person that statement trigger me yeah and then you do some reflection on that and people will have conversation afterwards and uh people people learn from from listening and the the goal the unspoken goal is the audience sees this person do it they they feel something which empowers them to say, I want to do that. I can do that too. And then when that cycle happens, I'm, I'm like, I, when I introduce them, it's like, I love it when, when someone comes up to me and says, Winston, I came to your show and I want to share a story. Here we go. This person comes up. It's like, they, they were sitting there a few months ago and now they're here. I'm, yeah, yeah I love it. Love it. <sighs> The I think what you're describing there and, and the the moment that I'm after, we, we touched on it earlier when we were talking, but I think there's a shift in, in actual belief. Like it when you when somebody is sharing something and it's emotionally open and you're engaged and you're fully there and you can tell that it's real. And because of again the way we empathically feel what other people are going through, and you can feel that they have experienced something and moved through something and you are still in the place where you haven't moved through it. Um, there is this shift of even if I've experienced this for years or decades or however long, Oh, it is possible. Mm -hmm. And that it is possible opens it up. It was, um, on my, uh, 39th birthday, I'd finally gotten to the point where I decided I'm, I'm going to be done with, with life. I was just, was, I was really, really tired of living and I hadn't gotten to that place in a long time, but the, the thing that finally shifted it and actually moved me out of the space, that cycle I'd been in for decades was a conversation with a very dear friend. And it was intimate, just like you and I are. And you, I could feel that there was something in him. And he didn't know the, the headspace I was in. He didn't know that I was planning this this stuff out to a T. And for whatever reason, he's very intuitive. He just felt called to share with me an experience in his life. And I could, for the first time, see that somebody who was exactly where I was, was also in a place that was now very different from where I was. And I could now no longer deny it. I knew that he understood 
I knew that he had felt it. And I could tell because I'd seen him experience his life that he wasn't in that place. And so the part of me that kept telling me it's impossible, you're here forever, you're stuck, there's nothing that's ever going to change, you've tried, you've done all this, da, 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 was finally just dissolved because it was like, it was like broken, it's like does not compute. Like there is another side. And that belief became the reason that I began going out. And um, I started oh, uh, just a few days after that, I went to my grandmother's birthday, or my grandmother on my birthday, instead of going to the desert and doing the thing, um, I went to my grandmother and I shared for the first time that I've been experiencing this forever. And then every person close to me over the next few months, I shared what I had uh, been experiencing and, and been going through. And each one of them, like just the level of love and care and support. And some of them, like my grandmother, she's a smart woman. She's like, yeah, I, I kind of knew, which is, he didn't want to talk about it, so we didn't talk about it. And there were other people who were like, I had no idea. But that moment of belief was literally the microsecond, if you could distill it down, to the, li the reason my life went one way instead of another way. And what I hear you explaining is that your, your show um, is able to provide that for people. And shows probably not the right term for it, but, but you know what I mean. Uh, I invite you to watch the... The, the on my pick my brain profile the why I do what I do it articulates what you just said in a in a nutshell it's how I explain to people we all think that we're we're alone and we're the only one stuck in this hole mm -hmm. and then by mm -hmm. seeing someone they go I was stuck in this hole <laughs> and I got out and this is what I do they go you mean I can get out of this hole? And, yeah. and that's it. That's that, that's that microsecond. They go, I can get out of this hole. How did you get out of the hole? And then that conversation, that's a separate conversation. But the fact that they go, I, when people go, I resonated with everything that person said. Yeah. Great. But you're not aware yet. If you're resonating with it, that means you're in that hole. <laughs> mm. And when you'll come back, when you finally realize I'm in this hole, wait, this other person I heard way back when got out. So when I say we give it away, we record it, we put it on the YouTube. It's on satellite TV now. It's on cable TV. And we don't know who's watching it. Wow. But yeah. the point is, someone's going to watch it. And someone yes. goes, I thought I was the only one. Yeah. And now I know two things. I'm not all alone because someone else felt it. And as you said, yeah. they got out. And that's all, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted from the show. And 2020 was going to be our bust through year. And then freaking COVID happened. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we, were, we went live on the Shaw Satellite Network. They came to us. And my producer friend said, hey, uh, executives want to put your show on the National Satellite Network. They just want to know if you're cool with that. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> sure. And I was, that changed what type of, well, I was looking at advertisers now and I could, now I can get national advertisers and so on. So I could finally have a revenue stream. So the, mm. so the nonprofit I created to support the show would have funding to, to do it forever. 
Mm-hmm. That, that was in February. Then, then, then March hit. And it's like, fuck. <sighs> and I've been, I was really distraught. Not going to lie. But what came out of COVID is wow work. And then I realized when I work on people's stories to help weave it and put more of them in it, it's just a very concentrated application of, mm. uh, of what I did with you. And I, mm. I define that as scavenger hunting. You come to me with mm. a map and then we go pick up pieces and we weave it together. What I mm. wow work is treasure hunting because you don't have a map. I don't have a map, but together we go and find it. There's something you shared earlier that I think weaves in now. And I didn't respond earlier because um, you were waiting for a thought that was on the edges to kind of percolate. And I didn't want to disturb that process. But another way that you and I are are very similar. Um, uh, I ended up with a decent amount of financial freedom in my life. And then over the course of, of these years, have expended almost all of that financial freedom, right? Like I'm, I don't, um, I don't regret a single bit of it because, uh, it's given me this and where I am now. And it's, it's priceless. One of the things that was, has been challenging. Um, I would say probably continues to be challenging for me, uh, is that, um, I haven't, I guess the right words for me, this is not about you, it's about me. I've been willing to accept um, financial gains for the things I've done. Like the the soldiers that I've helped, helped this like 11-day, one-on-one intensive process, it's all pro bono. Um, their only contribution is that they work on my land and we work on my land together. And that way, it's affordable because I know, quite honestly, they, they wouldn't be able to afford um, whatever market rate I put upon myself. But... I do believe that there is a way to um, provide well for oneself and to create financial value that can be invested in other things and do good in the world. Like I, I absolutely believe that. And the leading edge of me is learning how to um, allow that, how to, to allow it rather than just like money off the table, money off the table. Mm-hmm. Don't want to, don't want to soil this. Don't want to, you know, like uh, these irrational thoughts that, that go on in my head. Right. Yeah. Um, and so there's probably learning that you and I, uh, will have like continuing for that could be useful for both of us. But I also say this again, knowing that we've somehow turned this into the first episode. Um, is there anything that I could do that would be of benefit to you that you could receive. And it doesn't have to be financial. Like just like, like all of these things, like what is, is, is there a way that we could help each other? You've helped me feel and understand and integrate a part of me. And, you know, by proxy for those who watch this, they will like literally get that beautiful example, that, that belief and that emotional openness that we're talking about. And is there anything that, that I or we could do that's of truly deeply of benefit to you? You, by putting it out there, helps bring eyes on the work that I do. But that's it. I, I, I in terms of the, the monetary part, I was where you are 
now, <laughs> maybe a year ago. Like I go, like, mm. like I go, oh my god, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, oh, I can't ask that. Yeah. And but then it wasn't sustainable. And yeah. then when I created, when I create the nonprofit, it's like, oh, I'm not asking for me anymore. I'm asking for the cause. Uh, and it's not about me. Sure, I can get, I can take a salary from the, you know, be a, be the paid executive director uh, or the yeah. vision. I don't have a problem with that. But I had definite problems like, oh, can you give me money to do this? Mm. So it's like, oh, like, but for me to go, hey, you want to support this? Because I'm doing all this cool shit, healing people. Because now it's not about me. It's about yeah. the vision. Yeah. And that was so much easier. So much easier. Because I agree with you. I had... <laughs> and I, I, re I remember um, having such a hard time asking until I sat here and I just go... And I had the conversation with, with, with my team in my head. I was like, look, you, this, it's great that you're helping the world. But until you're open to getting something back, it's going to end. <laughs> it, 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 it's going to end. Like, that's it. Like, there's, it's not sustainable. Like, unfortunately, the world that you're playing in requires currency. Yeah. And you're running out of currency. Like, I'm sitting here. And I don't know, I honestly, for me, when I was, you know, you've heard my previous story, when I was a narcissist, I was making like money hand over fist, like so much money. And now I'm sitting inside, I can't even figure out how to make money. Or I, I, or I do, but I'm just doing it the wrong way. Before I would go, yeah. I would go, well, I describe, I whore myself out, whoever pays the, the most for my services. And I was constantly hired. Pretty sure I could do the same thing, but I felt weird asking asking for payment for what I do as a gift mm -hmm. until someone came up and said, I would have paid anything knowing what I know now. Anything you would have asked if I could have afforded it. And yeah, this person was wealthy. So they go, I go, oh. And then I, then I started putting, realizing what is, that's why I tell you, what's a, what's a moment of transformation worth? Yeah. It's, it, it's simple as that. Like if, if, if I can, if the pain can stop tomorrow, what's that worth to you? And I'm not asking yeah. like ridiculous amounts of money. It's really uh, the, it's a value proposition for the other person. How about me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I still, <laughs> still have that resistance to say, <laughs> I had a call this morning. Some, and the person goes, you know what? I, they literally said, I want more of this. Mm -hmm. And instead of me kind of like, well, we can talk about it later. I go, how about you simmer in the moment I just gave you or that we just created and when you're done, let's let's go work together. Like it took years to finally like say there's like the person wants to work with you. 
You don't have to yeah. sell them anymore. You don't have to pitch them anymore. <laughs> you just you just transform. You just gave them a moment of transformation. What else? What else? What other proof does this person need? They don't need anything. They're literally asking to work with you. And it took years to get to that space. So I get it. And the only reason I'm even here now is I required so much evidence that what I did had value. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, oh, it's still bullshit. People don't watch the show. Like, like whatever stories even I had. And, mm-hmm. and this is where my team says where I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just really real because I go, I'm still doing the work on myself even though I'm doing the work on you, I'm still doing it on myself. Definitely. Yes. So like my version of it is just 10 times crazier than your version now because I amped it up. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I, I'm immune to it. And for me, it's really, it's just getting eyeballs. That's how I look at it. It's not about, I don't know if I'll ever be <laughs> a mega millionaire doing this. But if I can impact a million people, I'm a millionaire. Definitely. Right? That's how I look at it. We are staggeringly similar. So um, the other reason for Project Liberation and the Human Liberation Fund that's underneath it is that um, I can ask for, for money for that. I'm willing to ask for money for that because it's not me, right? And I've, I've had that same thing. I have had multiple calls in the last week where somebody's like, I think the exact words were, um, uh, how can I get more of this or something along the, those lines? And my, I like froze. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know that answer. Um, and, uh, and it does come down to those same things. The Like you, the amount of proof that I have required that this has value is, is beyond what I would expect anybody else to prove anything. It's, it's really irrational for me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I think that that's a, a powerful thing to, to break out of. Um, so like knowing that your show, uh, things went different because of, of COVID and everything else. And now you have like, wow work. Um, would you share with me and with us a little bit more about what wow work does? Because if like, there is one of those genuine fits out there and there's an eyeball that's like, fuck, that's what I've been looking for. Like, it would be my honor that that connection was made. Um, it, it, yeah, it's actually, it's all in my pick my brain <laughs> profile, but I'll, I'll, I'll send that all to you. Yeah. Beautiful. Please do. And then for this, because we turned this into, I'm still laughing at the fact this has become a show. Um, where would people go to find, uh, uh, pick your brain or, or whatever other little link would lead them towards while work and everything else. Oh, uh, and I, I'm asking this specifically because I don't know about you. I at times have made myself very hard to find even though I'm prolific and out there. I haven't made it easy for people to get to the point where they could understand and then make a decision. And are so I'm being gonna, a little direct with you. Are you going to edit this and put it in, or are you just using it for yourself? Like, I don't know how this episode is going to be. So. 
Yeah, I don't know either. So you're going to share it out loud, and then you're okay. going to send it okay. to that's me. What I, that's what we'll, I was going to say. If you wanted to, we'll figure it all out, but I want you to share it literally now in this moment. Okay, so uh, you can find me at www.wowwork, two words, www.wowork.me, and you can follow and explore Voice Story at voicestory.ca. And let me pull up. No, I'll read it. Hold on a second. Do, 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 do. Dun, 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 dun. This is how we do production on this show. Everything <laughs> is ad hoc. You never know what's coming. <sighs> wow work. The process of discovering the impactful moments hidden within you and then creating the framework in order for you to experience a shift in your life. Because vision alone cannot create Action without vision is just haphazard doing with the hope that something happens. However, vision plus action equals manifestation. Oh, dude, that, that, that last bit. Um, I just, for me, like getting a little bit of goosebumps and what I appreciate, um, I broke my pen. Um, I've been, when I think about pulling together like the the creative and the the logical part of me, the theater artist and the, the the computer engineer. A lot of time, what it comes down to is it is inspiration and action. And my experience has been um, that for me and for others, uh, often people are stuck in just one area. Right? It's like okay, either you're really inspired, but nothing actually gets created. Thus, your life doesn't change. The world doesn't change. Like you know, there there is actually no um, realized benefit from it or it's action without the inspiration, which means, um, things are getting done, but often not the right things. And again, you end up in the th the position where often your life doesn't change. The world doesn't change. So the power of bringing those two together, right. Into essentially aligned action, inspired action, whatever you want to call it. Um, like for me, that's, that's the nexus. That's how beautiful, and impactful and powerful and meaningful things get created. And while it, I think it can appear very obvious to you, to me, probably to a lot of people, most people that that's not the connection that I hear. So just to, to reflect back to you, I love the fact that you've included both of those yeah. because my hope is these things end up not, not just manifested, spiritually manifested, but actually like, like, manifested they are uh, they live within our world they they are within somebody's life and patterns they are something tangible in this world that makes things better as well not just a a beautiful thought right so so thank that, you for that that's how we came up with wow work because wow is the inspiration and work oh. is the work because of we're one of few places where we actually say there's work involved like a lot of people like oh think about it and it's going to happen so like, no and the majority of the people on the planet are just having action yeah, yeah they're not mm -hmm. yeah there, there is no inspiration they're just you know the, the, the daily cycle you're just pure action nothing else and that's okay like you know, <laughs> like that's okay I've been, I've been in that one, and I've been on the other one, which is pure inspiration, where you're just barfing out ideas, but then you're not doing anything. 
but when you're right, when the two of them happen and things and magic happens and I got to experience it, like, it's, it, things happen in ways that you couldn't possibly imagine. Like the whole me being on TV part. Like I remember it was my last show when I gave up the, my last show on the contract and I go, I'm not doing this again. My friend who's a, who puts, uh, put stuff onto uh, TV I said, I love your show. I want to put, I want to put, put it on uh, cable TV. I'm like, that's, that's great. But I just gave the, I just gave the mic away. I'm not the host <laughs> of the show anymore. And then I left and I said, I kind of said out loud in the universe, like, wow, it'd be really cool to be on cable TV. Mm. And I just forgot about it. And then three weeks later, the, the new, the guy that I gave the mic to, he goes, you know, Winston, I'm not interested in doing it. <laughs> oh wow and then that's when i go well if i got the mic back if i'm going to do it then i'm going to do it my way and the rest is the rest is history <laughs> same thing with me getting a bigger theater i never thought i'd be able to get that theater but i didn't give up that's the action you didn't give up you had the dream and then last november actually yeah it was a month ago a year ago today I was in a, the Grand Theater at, uh, in one of the venues in Vancouver, which I went to as a child. That I, I never even went in because I couldn't afford to go inside. But here I am, 40-some-odd years later, doing a show in the Grand Theater, and it was pretty cool. Mm, <laughs> Make a dream come true. Dude, definitely. Yeah. So that's what I mean. It, it's possible. No one can tell me that shit's not possible as long as we have funding <laughs> unfortunately exactly. in this world in this world exactly <clears throat> we have created a world that depends upon money as a lubricant and as a facilitator and unfortunately uh i mean it, there's good and bad to it uh it's it's not wholly good it's not wholly bad but it is simply the framework we've chosen to live in the the goal that I have in terms of that, maybe I'll introduce it to you because you have a different network. My mentor said to me, you only have to impact one key person. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, who's that person? It was the person that has a few million dollars and you changed his life. And he'll go, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Because I can't spend this money before I die. Yeah. But I would, I want more people to feel that. And I'm going, mm -hmm. okay. And that's what I mean by getting more eyeballs. Because one set of eyeballs might go, <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. So, so, again, similar conversations. My network's been having similar conversations of, uh, and by network, for anybody listening, what I mean is my friends, the people I'm really close with. It's like realizing that in a community, right, no matter how large or, or small it is, there are often roles that, that, that people play. And sometimes you have people who just have an excess of one particular resource, i.e. money, and they want to see it used well. There might be somebody who has an excess of, of talent or somebody who has an excess of time or whatever else. And you get to use that resource for the betterment of, of all, right? Um, 
And I, and in the past days, like that would have been, you know, what I think the term was like patron, somebody who would have essentially um, commissioned artists and everything else to, to do certain things or to create stories. Um, and I think we're entering a world where that is going to start coming back into vogue. And, um, and I, I support you in that. And, uh, and I agree with you. Yeah, that's it. So you're, we're, we're doing parallel paths, doing very similar things. I'll, and that's the beautiful thing, because there's billions of people. There is no competition. Nobody can do this alone. The pie doesn't get smaller. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll be launching a podcast which bridges voice story and wow work. It's called uh, Stop, Reflect, and Talk. And it's having conversations like this. Uh, so it's like has the element of voice story where it's, it's authentic and genuine and vulnerable yet yes. talking about whatever pop it's like a popcorn machine versus <laughs> like, like like having mass moments these are like little mini moments mm-hmm. see what happens beautiful well and this is a very honest invite again we're getting to know each other but I don't make offers that I don't believe in. Uh, and so when that comes out, I hope that you will let me know about it because that's something that I would like to promote. I want more of these voices. I want hundreds and thousands or hundreds of thousands or more of these voices going around so that we can truly get to everybody who needs to hear and see and feel these things. Yeah. I agree. I agree. My, my, my goal my own personal satisfaction factor, I guess, if you, if anyone asks, if I, I close my eyes and I see that person sitting there all alone on that sofa going, no one fucking cares. No one gets it. And they're just, Mm -hmm. they're just one bad decision away from not being here anymore. Yeah. And then they, they somehow someone shares a link or they click on it randomly and then they just sit there and they watch it for that five, ten minutes. And as we said earlier, and if you break the cycle. Yeah. And then they just go, huh, well. And then a chance to heal can happen. Mm. This, Winston, I, I couldn't have asked for, for anything better. Um, thank you. I'm, 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 the words I have will, will not express the feeling, so I trust you'll just accept the feeling. But I'm, I'm honored. Um, I believe this was, was very fortuitous. Uh, I believe in those gut feelings. And, uh, and I am... Delighted and yet somehow not surprised by all the incredible similarities um, that we have had and and are continuing to have in our lives. So thank you, brother. You're welcome. <laughs> and when this is done rendering, we'll, uh, I'll upload it and send it to you. And <laughs> feel free to you use it as you wish. My pleasure, brother.
Oh, I, I do have I, I do have two asks. One oh, is then the, bring them. The system will ask for feedback, and if you and any feedback you didn't leave, so I could be a better guide to assist others. If you could do so. Um, yep. Same thing on social media. You can just share your experience, and because <laughs> no one believes what I do. <laughs> Of course. They'll believe uh, other people and their experience. And then finally, if there's anyone you feel that I should have a conversation with, please send them my way so I can complete I my project. I, I absolutely will. Um, and that's one more thing uh, for those listening. Like, like what is this project? <laughs> I think that this, this shares a little bit more about um, – you as a person. And that's why I'm asking this for other people to hear it from your mouth. Yeah. Project connection began. Um, I thought it, I thought I shared it earlier when voice story was put on hold. I felt uh, I, I went into a very dark space because the connection that I was getting from working with people on their stories on a daily basis ended. And then I came up with the idea that, well, in order to get connection, then I was, I'm, I'm going to give up my gift in order to get the connection that I wanted, or not wanted, that I needed. Hence, project connection and giving, giving 100 hours of my gift in exchange for uh, in, impacting, connecting with 100 people. And it's been, uh, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> yes no yes, doubt it has. has and you, people might not understand and I understood this just doing story work with uh, a few hundred people that every person that brings the story that they want to share and now with voice story people bring a story they want to share but there's a part of themselves that they want to share with the world they don't know where that is and they're two totally different things and what i do is i weave those two elements together and by doing that i realize i'm given a glimpse into a world that i i normally wouldn't have access to yes and then doing that a few hundred times if you break your perception half a degree a few hundred times you have a whole new perspective like um i had people that were oh. transgender telling me stories about that i'm going i would never know what that feels like but going through the process i'm like well that's pretty crazy or people that had cancer or people that were suicidal or people that that were helping people and mental health and all this other stuff and it really just all of a sudden just opens up my just opens me up to experience all this stuff and then with wow work it's a it's doing the same thing, but at a much more wider, deeper level, as you can tell by the session that we had. But I get to, I get to witness your connection. Yeah. While I get connected, the connection, I get to witness your transformation in real time. Yes. Yeah. Ah, dude, it, it, that is exactly why I... One of, I first got into acting is because you could literally like live other lives from the inside and feel them. And then why I began to have different experiences of like, okay, well, I want to go live here or um, 
uh, like I had created a whole bunch of experiments that I was going to do for a period of like, okay, well, I want to go live homeless for a while. I want to go live this lifestyle for a while, live this and like feel them all from the inside. And some of them I did, some of them I didn't. And then, then it became just like you, I realized if I can truly see and help somebody, I actually get that experience of perspective and understanding and compassion and my empathy and understanding compassion just continues to grow and grow. And my perspective of how I see the world and the, the directions I see it in just continues to grow and grow. And um, it's positively, what I mean by positively is in a positive way. It's positively addictive. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I 100% get where you're coming from. Only right. people that were forged by fire can recognize other people that are forged by fire. Through the crucible, brother. Like, I, I know you have been, and I know that I have been through the crucible. And like everything that comes to the crucible, it's then stronger and more resilient, more capable. Um, so, my honor to you. Well, it's great connecting with you. And... Uh, <laughs> curious to see uh, how your show first episode t- turns out I'm glad I shaved glad I shaved yeah. <laughs> and I didn't and there's not flattering light and that's the beautiful thing like this is, is real it's going to get prettier from here this was fucking real and I couldn't have asked for anything more so all right. my pleasure Have a beautiful, beautiful night, my friend. You too. Take care. Bye. Well, if you have made it this far, then hot damn you listened to the entire thing. Um, I'm sure a lot of people didn't quite make it this far. It's a long show, but I really appreciate it. And what I would love is just to understand your feedback, like good, bad, and otherwise. Um, You don't need to sugarcoat anything for me, but at the same time, Please keep in mind that this is literally the dirtiest, messiest version of this show, Um, and it's simply getting started. So uh, you can reach me on Twitter. Uh, Chris Plow on Twitter is probably the best way to to reach me, and I'm going to start scheduling these shows out live. Um, And... For right now, Twitter will be the best place. I'll announce when each show is going to happen there. And then as there's a website and as this show grows and gets more powerful and fully flushed out, then, of course, there'll be a site and a website to be able to view it uh, as well. So thank you again. Um, If you connected with Winston, share him, share him, show him some love. And um, otherwise, big love. And have a beautiful day, night, afternoon, wherever the heck you happen to be. Bye.